Good morning. <clears throat> this is Friday, uh, October the 16th. Uh, we're continuing on with this book by Dane Ortland, Gentle and Lowly, concerning the heart of not only Christ, but the heart of God. Um, today he's looking into what does the Old Testament say? about the heart of God. <clears throat> be honest, it's a little more complicated for me to relate, but I'll do the best I can. <clears throat> you really need the book and read it yourself. So he titles this one, His Strange Work and His Natural Work. Uh, and he takes from Lamentations uh, 3, verse 33, He does not afflict from his heart. Interesting <clears throat> statement. <clears throat> and he says in this chapter, he wants to, uh, and actually in the next three, he wants to us to see Christ is, uh, unveils his deepest heart, uh, the natural trajectory of what God has already been revealing about himself through the Old Testament. Jesus discontinuing it. Um, Jesus provides clarity of who God is. Um, the Old Testament has uh, lots of glimpses, maybe even more than that, but Jesus made it much more clear as to him. Um, <clears throat> Calvin put it, he said that the Old Testament is the shadowy, revelation of God, true, but dim. Um, in Lamentations, the author, probably Jeremiah, is pouring out his heart, lamenting the destruction of Jerusalem in uh, 587 B.C. by the Babylonians. Uh, and he pours out his heart through a series of five poems, and uh, Ortland points out that the first two and the last two each have 22 verses. The middle chapter, chapter 3, has three times that many. They have 66, and, uh, <clears throat> and in uh, chapter 3, verse 33, which is the exact middle of this, is where he says that he does not afflict from his heart or he doesn't willingly afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men. Um, the premise is that God is indeed the one who afflicts, but the statement says he doesn't do it from his heart. He doesn't do it because he wants to. Um, we believe as God is sovereign, uh, and uh, he, he corrects his, his people. Um, he's sovereign over all things, good and bad, he says. Uh, 
now, Ortland doesn't use a couple of scriptures <clears throat> that I think reflects what we're talking about, and I, I'd like to add this. This is Dick Blackwell chiming in here. In, uh, in Ezekiel, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but from verse, uh, in Ezekiel 18, from verse 21 through the end of that chapter, he basically is saying, if a wicked person turns away from his sins, uh, he, he, he will not die, he will live. And in verse 23, he's, God says, Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord, and not rather that he should turn away and live? He said, I don't have any pleasure in it. And again, in ver at the end of uh, this chapter, verse 23, he says, I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord. So turn and live. You don't have to be disciplined, even perish, if you will change, if you'll repent. And again, uh, later on in Ezekiel, uh, he does it again in, uh, in Ezekiel 33, uh, verse 10 and 11. He said, And you, O Son of Man, and now he's talking to Jesus, he was the Son of Man, say to the house of Israel, well, of course, he was talking to Ezekiel, but he was also implying of the coming of man, of Jesus. Uh, thus you said, surely, your trans surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we rot away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die? I have no pleasure in, in destroying anyone. I told you the other day, <clears throat> my dad would say to me, Dick, I don't, ha I don't like having to discipline you but you've got to learn. Um, this hurts me more than you. That's the heart of God. Um, now, Dane goes on to say <clears throat> um, that he disciplined because of the ultimate good that would be brought through the pain. Uh, the pain itself doesn't reflect his heart. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't like to bring us pain, but he wants his people to live properly. God is indeed punishing Israel for their waywardness, um, but his deepest heart is the merciful restoration. Um, Goodwin that 
Puritan again, says that God is just. And in fact, in Ezekiel, if you read all that, he said, do you say I'm not just? He said, you're the one who's not just. Uh, but God is just, yet his mercy may in some respect be said to be more natural to him than all these acts of justice. Um, these acts of justice, there's a, there's a set of affection to it, an attribute uh, in that he is correcting sinners. He, he says, I do not desire the death of a sinner. Uh, when he exercised acts of justice, it's for a higher end. Um, but when he comes to show mercy, uh, to manifest that which in his natural uh, disposition, it is said that he does it with his whole heart. He does not uh, from his heart afflict or grieve the children of men. Um, but when he comes to speak of showing mercy, he says he does it with his whole heart and with his whole soul. Therefore, acts of justice are called, at least the Puritans call them, his strange work and his strange act. Uh, but to show mercy is his natural means. Um, what else can I tell you from this? He said that his punishment was unnatural but necessary for our correction. Um, he's not wrathful. He's good. Um, he's, he's for our good and he works with us. Israel was his. And when they went away on their own, he corrected them. He brought them back. He wasn't going to let them go. Uh, the impulse of God is to do good. Um, his attributes seem but out to set his love on us. Um, in, in Hosea, remember, um, when Israel was... The, he, in, in, in a verse from Hosea 11, 1 says, When Israel was a child, I loved him. And... Uh, he goes on to say, it was I who taught Ephraim to walk, and I took them up in their arms. I led them with cords of kindness and bands of love. I bent down to them and fed them. Yet despise this tender, despite this tender care, my people are bent on turning away from me. And then he says, but how can I give you up? How can I hand you over? Uh, my heart recalls within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am a God, not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come with wrath. Jonathan Edwards, uh, another great Puritan, says something similar. He says, God has no pleasure in the destruction or calamity of persons or people. 
He had rather they should turn and repent in peace. He is well pleased that they forsake their evil ways, that he may not have occasion to execute his wrath upon them. He is a God that delights in mercy and judgment. Delights in mercy. Let me read it again. He's a God that delights in mercy and judgment is his strange work. Um, Edwards uh, is probably most famous for his sermon Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God and uh, apparently it brought that short message brought uh, revival in his time the wicked who know not God and obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ, shall be cast into eternal torments and punished with the everlasting destruction from the presence of God. Um, Edwards, Goodwin both, affirmed and preached and taught divine wrath and eternal hell. It is true. If If you will not repent, if you will not walk in his ways, you're going to hell. Um, this may sound harsh, uh, but all you have to do is to turn, and he will give you the strength to do it, and then you have life. Um, finally, in this chapter, <clears throat> he said, uh, These preachers uh, brought about the great awakening. They knew that when God delights to lavish goodness on his people, he does it with a certain naturalness, naturalness reflective of the depths of who he is. For God to be merciful is for God to be God. But if you will not repent, change, turn, um, he is a God also. Of wrath, a God who, who, if you really belong to Him, He will correct you. If you don't belong to Him, He do, He leaves you on your own. Um, he doesn't afflict and grieve children of men. He does, uh, if necessary, but not from His heart. He does it for their correction. You only discipline your own children. You don't discipline the neighbor's kids. Uh, If you are disciplined ever by God, then you know you belong to him. If you're not disciplined, you know who your father really is. A true father will discipline his kids. Uh, If we turn, if we don't, need it, we don't have to get it. No father who really loves his kids delights in having to correct them. Uh, tough chapter. Read it. And read in Ezekiel. It's really good. 18 and uh, 33, I believe. Uh, just a side note, reading it again, he said, if a, father, if a father does evil, he's punished. 
But the son doesn't have to be punished if he does right. I think about this in the present day. Some are expecting uh, some people to be punished for what their forefathers did. Um, that in God's way, but it might be man's. God bless you. Uh, Lord willing, I'll see you tomorrow. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in it. And remember, his mercies are new every day. Apply them to your life. God bless you. Bye.